Raising capital is truly the number one skill that if I could go back in a time machine and just hand it to myself, totally. it would have been raising capital. I say this all the time. I've heard you say this as well. You really can't grow a thriving real estate business if you don't understand how to raise capital in all its forms. Yeah, you'll do a handful of deals and then you'll wonder why you're not scaling. Guys, welcome to a brand new masterclass series that Pace and I are going to do Boom. here. We're only doing this because we got such a massive response that people wanted to do a raising capital masterclass. Yesterday, Jerry gets me in one of his multiple golf carts. We go on a mandate through the neighborhood and he shows me all these lots. The difference between somebody else in the neighborhood driving by that lot and Jerry driving by, by that lot and seeing I can make $2 million on this, $2 million on this, $2 million on this is what we're going to talk about in this, this, this series, which is understanding I can make that deal work even without any money. I can go raise private capital and make this deal work, go build a house, make $2 million on it. In the next 10 years, you can make $100 million in this. Just on these couple of streets right here. Yeah. Literally you yourself could make $100 million just in the next five to seven years in this neighborhood with other people's money. If you know how to structure capital. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's really indicative of like everywhere, right? Like in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood, wherever you're living right now, there are so many opportunities that most people don't see or wouldn't even know how to do because of the capital limitations. Uh, I just got back from a big 12 day stint between Louisiana and Texas where Mm -hmm. I just meandered through on in a car with my wife and kids and met 6,000 people. Yeah. And the second day on the trip, we go to a place called Slidell, Louisiana. Slidell. I've never been there. Never heard of it. Where's it close to? It's close. It's between uh, New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Okay. And I go to Slidell because there's this guy I met at a meetup. And he says, man, I got this RV park. I raised money to get the deal done. I'm into this thing. No money. I'd love to show it to you. I'm like, what the heck Heck is in Slidell? Yeah. (laughs) So I go to Slidell and he starts talking about all these RV parks and how much money he's making from these RV parks. And I'm like, you're no money in this deal. He goes, no, I'm, I'm no money in the deal. And I basically continue to expand and expand. And now I'm at a point where I'm making $50,000 a month take home every single month. And I said, what would you attribute this to? And he goes, two things, my ability to raise money or my mindset that I fixed that I don't have to do this all with my own money. And then number two, understanding that there's an overwhelming amount of opportunity anywhere you go. Mm. And I was like, gosh, I love that. He's like, I'm in Slidell, Louisiana. You've never even heard of it. Meanwhile, I'm making millions of dollars behind a gas station. So would you say, Pace, that uh, money is more a mindset than anything else, raising money? As stupid as that sounds, it 100% is. Once you have the, the money mindset, you look back and you go, what was the difference between today and 10 years ago when I didn't understand this stuff? It literally is what we're going to talk about in this series. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that are watching my channel are uh, a lot of wholesalers. And, you know, and even even a lot of your audience, which is creative finance, where you talk about how to get into deals with little to no money. Wholesaling can be a no money strategy, right? Because you're not taking down the property. You're not taking title. You're not funding the purchase. So in a way, it's kind of like a lazy person's way out to get capital in the beginning because you're like, you yeah. know what? I can do these like no money, little money down strategies. I don't really need to worry about getting money for deals. And I had that mindset at first and I realized pretty quickly how limiting that was. So let's kind of lay the groundwork with like, why is capital so critical to building a real estate business? Okay. I could, I take a deep breath. Cause I'm like, there's 50 different reasons why I could go off. But one of the reasons I continually 
articulate at least recently when I'm on stage is I talk about the golden rule. I, I tell people um, the golden rule, well, rule, we both learned this in church and from our parents, which is do unto others as you'd have them do to you, right? Mm -hmm. The golden rule, treat them with respect and love and all of those things. But when you get older and you're in real estate, the golden rule is actually he who controls the gold makes the rules. Yeah. I didn't say who, he who has the gold. Yeah. I said he who controls the gold. Big difference. And what happens is when people started finding out that I had the ability to raise good sizes, sizes of money, people would bring the deals to me rather than me having to go search for them. And this is why I tell people if I could learn one skill faster than anything else, it would have been raising money because I would have just had an army of deals coming my way because people know that I have money to get the deals done. And just to put this in perspective so you guys understand exactly what Pace is saying here, because Pace has such an amazing ability to raise capital, he now has students and people bringing these amazing deals to Pace saying, hey Pace, I've got this great deal, but I'm lacking in capital. Pace then has the person with the deal, mm -hmm. the people with the money, you're bringing those parties together as a participant in the deal now, and you're you're retaining ownership in deals with other people's deals and other people's money on a on scale now too, like on thousands scale. of doors, yeah. multifamily, big projects. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at it from a very small standpoint, this is a really good example, okay? So I get a, I, I buy a deal from one of my students. His mm -hmm. name is Kevin Cho. Shout out Kevin Cho. He just started his YouTube channel, Yours at Inspiration 2. And um, he finds a sub two deal in Phoenix, Arizona. He knows I'm a buyer for that. So he calls me up and he says, Pace, do you want to buy the deal? Of course I want to buy the deal. Well, here's the problem, right? If I was anybody else watching right now, you'd say, well, where are you going to get the money from? Here's what it costs. It was um, 8000 to the seller. Mm-hmm. It can't, the deal came from an expired listing, so the agent wasn't able to sell the house. VA loan, 2.65% interest, really wow. good deal. Yeah. Uh, PITI's 13, roughly 1,300. I'll rent it out for 2,200 bucks. So it's got a decent spread, right? 8,000 to the seller, $10,000 to Kevin, closing costs, 15,000 in reno, and $5,000 in holding costs while I'm renovating and getting it ready for rent, right? So I basically, I'm raising 40 grand. Okay. So uh, Kevin calls me, he goes, hey, I got the keys. Do you want to come over and look at the property now that you own it? I go, yeah, let me call my buddy, my private money lender, and I'll take him over to the property too. So I go over to the property. It's Kevin. It's me. And it's my and private lender. money lender. Yeah. And I'm standing there with Kevin. And I said, Kevin, why didn't you just buy this deal yourself? And he says two things that really showed me that even though Kevin's been learning from me for two years, his mindset has not learned certain things. Mm -hmm. He says, well... One, I haven't learned how to raise capital yet. That was the difference between him being the wholesaler and being yeah. the owner. And then two, the other thing he said is he says, well, I, even if I could raise money, I needed to make an assignment fee on this deal in order to pay my bills this month. Mm. And I said, Kevin, here's what's great about private money. I have bought multiple deals like this where I just raise an extra $10,000 in the deal and I pay myself a finder's fee out of the private money. Yeah. And he sits there like, you're what? telling me yeah. I could have kept the deal and still made the same $10,000. I go, yep. And here's the thing. You found the deal. This guy brought the money and I'm the owner because I just knew how to put the two pieces together. That was the only difference. It's the only difference. Yeah. It's, it's scary how much deals and how much money is being left on the table for not only wholesalers, but also 
If you're a real estate agent, real estate agents look at these things, they go, I need the commission on this deal in order to pay my bills. I gotta go find somebody to buy this deal. Meanwhile, if they knew how to raise the money, they could be doing this deals themselves and paying themselves a fee up front. It's really interesting you tell that story because I had a very similar story just happen where a student contacted me, had a had a sub two deal with a ton of equity, and there was like four days before foreclosure. So yeah. typical, you do this quite a bit. So we had to stop the foreclosure. Four, which... four days is actually like a long time. Usually it's like four I hours. I know, right? Why do people wait? <laughs> till the 11th hour when they're, you know, they've been missing their payment for 12 months. Ostrich in the sand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Stick your head in the sand. So he calls me about this deal and I look at this deal and I'm like, this is a great deal. And he's like, yeah, I, I need, he need, it needed similar numbers. It needed about 35 or 40 to take the deal down. Cause it was in arrears yeah. on his loan and closing fees. But the, the seller didn't want any, any of the equity, didn't want any money, just wanted to prevent foreclosure. Right. So the numbers were fantastic. And I'm like, okay, this is a great deal. What, what do you, what do you need? Like, what do you need? And he's like, well, I don't have the takedown money. I just don't have See, it. See, th- this is the funny thing is like a guy. And it's not that much money. A guy like you and me look at the deal and go, what, what do you need me for? I'm like, this is phenomenal. Yeah. What do you need me for? And the answer is I don't have the takedown money. Yeah. And I said, well, what is it you want to do with this deal? And he's like, well, what I want to do is a wrap. I want to buy it sub two. Mm-hmm. There's all this equity. There's like a hundred grand in equity. And I want to retrade it in the market, get some money down from a buyer, like a retail buyer and carry it for him at a higher interest rate. If you, you know, talked about if this. If you guys don't know what a wrap is, go back to our wrap yeah. video. I don't know what video it is, but Jerry will probably put the link in the description down yeah. below. So smart guy, you know, great. He's, he's, he follows you too. So he, I'm like, wow, you, you got it. Like you got it. Like what's, what's the problem? He's like, I don't have the 40 grand. And he's like, uh, and I said to him, I said, well, if you don't raise the capital, I'll give you some ideas, but what, what else would you do? What, what are your other options? He's like, well, I could wholesale it and I'd be fine with that too. And I said, okay, I'll buy it. What do you want for a wholesale fee? <laughs> and he's like, he's like uh, 15 grand. I'm like, done. And he's like, really? You'll buy it? I'm like, heck yeah, I'll buy it. This is an amazing deal. So he ends up wholesaling it to me. We close in four days. I, I fund the, whatever it was, 35, 40 grand, paid him 15 grand. And now I have this property it's in Grand Junction. I have it listed now for sale with an agent um, as a wrap, like I, as a seller carry. Yeah, yeah. I'm marketing it as a seller carry. Right. Because I don't want to, I could just sell it with conventional, to a conventional buyer or whatever, but you know, I'd make 65, 70 grand in a flip, but short-term income, yeah. subject to tax, all that, or carry this thing, make the big spread, because yep. the rate's like 3% on his rate, the sub two loan, and I'm offering it at 7%. I'll carry this loan for, 235,000 at 7%, you know? And so that's where I'm at with this deal. But it really hits home what you just said, which is if only he knew how easy it was to go raise 35 or $40,000, he could have kept that deal that he really wanted to keep. It's so interesting understanding how to put all these, like I get a DM the other day and somebody asked me a question. I wish I wish I screenshot it and could show this to you. He says, so what do you value more? Do you value, um, your confidence or put or having money in the bank and having comfort. Yeah. And I was like, my confidence and knowing how to do things is what puts money in the bank. Delete right. my bank account. Never take my confidence Yeah, because you'll just fill it right back up. I'll fill it right back up. So the ability to utilize these skills gives you unbelievable confidence about, doesn't matter what the economy is doing, doesn't matter how the real estate market is shifting and strategies come and go, come and go, come and go like a, like a tide pool. You have the ability to structure these deals where somebody else is like, I just don't have the takedown money. Yeah. You can make money anywhere at any time with no money in your pocket. 
So in this series, guys, we're going to be talking about all these different ways of raising capital. We're going to talk about the difference between conventional, unconventional, hard money, private money, mm. maybe some of the um, DSCR type of loans, all these different ways to bring capital to structure deals. And what else are we going to break down in the series? Um, we're going to break down alternative methods of bringing money to the yeah. table. We're going to talk about the first time Jerry raised capital on a deal, first time I raised capital on a deal, so you guys can hear the mindset that was that went behind that. Yeah, a fact, lot of that'll be, I, think, I think that'll be our next video because that was game changer for me, my very first time raising capital, and it, it was like a light bulb went off, and I was like, okay, if I can figure this out, there's no limit to what I can do. Oh, yeah. This being able to get money for deals. So. I didn't I didn't know that, and now I, I've really, to be honest with you, you know how long it took me? Probably up until about four years ago, it took me up until that point to figure out how powerful it was. Dude, I didn't realize it until I started teaching other well, people. Remember your story where you were, where you were building and rehabbing homes for all these investors mm -hmm. thinking that it was their money. Yep. The and whole then time. you realize that it wasn't even their money doing all these deals. Yeah. They asked me the question of why aren't you doing real estate? And I was like, well, I guess I don't know where the money comes from. Like, yeah. I don't know how you guys, like who, who in your family had all this money that just gave it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly came from an environment where a lot of people would say stuff like, well, it must be lucky. Your parents are rich. Yeah. Not to me, nope. but like other friends of mine. And I, I had a next door neighbor in Pleasant Grove, Utah, that his parents literally gave him a debit card. They gave him cell phones, credit, like cars that he wanted. And I just assumed everybody was flipping was the same type of person that people are just giving them cash. And it wasn't the case. They just yeah. had a skill and a mindset that I didn't have. That's all it is. In fact, you mentioned where you over borrow from your private money mm -hmm. to then draw from. Yeah. Um, there's a technique I do all the time, which I call finance my financing. Oh which yeah. Is, you make, you get your payments ahead of time in the borrowing and then your payments are made from your hard money lender. Yeah. Right. So Love I'll borrow, that. let's say, because one of the biggest challenges people have is, well, if I borrow other people's money, now I have to service that debt. Yeah. And sometimes you do. So you have this big payment now that goes out. Well, I don't have the money for the payment. Well, I'll over borrow and use that money. That should to make be, that payment. should be a whole episode by yeah, itself. Let's do a whole episode on so that. Over, because over or financing your financing. I do multi-million dollar deals literally where I finance my payments yeah. to the loans. Yeah. So like literally no, none of my money in that's these illegal deals. though, right? It's just creative. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well then this is gonna be a really fun series guys strap on your seatbelt. We're going to really have a lot of fun with this. We've got so many ideas that we want to cover, leave comments and let us know what, things are important to you, what you want to learn. And guys, one of the things too that I think will hit a lot over the series is the vernacular with finance. Yeah. So like you really want to be able to learn what all these different terms are, what it means to, to have a lean position and subordination and, and terminology like carrying debt. And yep. because when you start to talk to people with money, certain people with money, you need to be able to have that lingo and that understanding of how these instruments work together. We've talked about instruments a lot. Yeah. Finance plays a major role in how instruments work, meaning promissory notes and mortgages and secured and unsecured, all these things matter. So it's really important to invest in understanding how finance works, right? Yeah. So these are the things we're gonna be covering in this series. Hope you guys are excited about that. I'm excited. I'm excited too. This is gonna be so fun. All right, guys, strap in. We'll see you on the next video.